Welcome to House Party, a podcast where real estate, news, and pop culture collide, coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. I'm Eric Gunther. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. And welcome back to another episode. What a lovely week it's been. We are still at home, still indoors. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey. Hey. Are you going to say that every week? Because it's going to be a lot of weeks, I think. I know. I'm just going to keep saying it just, you know, until, until we're not. Because it'll be such a glorious day when we can be like, we're back in the office. Will it? Mm, I think so, considering we've been quarantined for two months at this point. Close to two months. Um, True. Anyway, and because we've been indoors so much, a lot of people um, have been taking to some new hobbies, like gardening. The great thing about having a nice little piece of land behind your house is that you can grow vegetables um but you don't always have to have big planter boxes to grow to grow vegetables some people are choosing to propagate inside their homes things like green onions just take the root and put it in a glass of water and it can sprout right up again yeah that's been all over my instagram is just people realizing that you can propagate these old kitchen scraps by just putting it in a glass of water and it's like the miracle of life right before your eyes. <laughs> it was like baking sourdough bread like a couple weeks ago. And now yeah. the miracle of life is growing your own green onions from Correct. your kitchen scraps. <laughs> yeah. Have you guys been doing any growing yourselves? I haven't. I I would like to do that one. I have to get my hands on some green onions <laughs> yeah. first. Um, but that seems like an easy enough way to just always have it on hand. Mm-hmm. There's a you know several other things that you can do just by putting the root in water. Um, you can grow leeks by doing the same mm. thing that you do with green onions. You'd probably need a bigger glass, glass. I'm guessing. Yeah, and you'll want to leave them in the window with some sun, but you should start seeing them sprout right away. Hmm. Um, apparently, and I have not tried this, but you can also do this with romaine lettuce, which is really freaking cool. So you just take the bottom of the heart, you put it in a jar with about half an inch of water and put that in a windowsill near some sunlight and oh then God. replace the water every couple of days. And then within a few days, I'll have some new leaves spreading up. That's like the easiest thing ever. Even <laughs> I could do that and I'm not good at growing anything. Um, make yourself a salad. Yeah, right? make yourself a little salad. Yeah. As somebody who's grown herbs and vegetables in the past, don't I don't have any dirt devoted to that now, but... It's uh, a rewarding pursuit. Yeah, I I have a question because I haven't done this and I'm having, I don't know about you guys, but I'm having trouble finding produce at the store. So I I spent weeks actually looking for basil, um, cilantro in some cases. With the basil, can I just stick some basil in some dirt and it'll regrow? Like what do I need to do to to grow my own basil? (laughs) No, Uh, you would either need seeds or... Uh, you know a plant a little little sprout yeah you can i mean and i've noticed this in the past too you you can get volunteers in your yard of stuff that you haven't planted just by either animals or bugs or whoever propagating it throughout your your yard i mean i i've had you have volunteer tomato plants grow i never heard that term before yeah what's a volunteer tomato plant Oh, volunteer is is a is a plant that just sprouts without you planting. Oh, it, it volunteers to grow. Yeah, that's so. Never cool. heard that before. Okay, 
Yeah. Um, in terms of, okay, so vegetables are not easy, but not hard. Like it's definitely doable, but are there any yeah. plants that are just straight up hard to kill for the true black thumbs out there? Yeah, like me. <laughs> Hard to kill. Like if you're planting in dirt, then something like a you know greens, like collard greens or um, turnips or you know, anything that kind of goes below ground and, and just you're eating the greens on top. Those those are very hard to kill. And then in terms of your herbs, hard to kill is your rosemary and your mint are very Ooh. difficult to uh, get. I mean, if you have mint growing in your yard, wild, it will just unless you yeah it's like a weed right it's all yeah it grows almost like a weed um mm. but a delicious weed a delicious i know i could go for some rosemary bread right now that sounds so yeah. good i know my friend was um they're growing basil and cilantro and they have so much of it that they told me to come up and get it so people are going kind of nuts with the the growing and the propagating and I feel like I need to be on this bandwagon. And I think for a long time, I thought I was I couldn't really do it because I don't have any sort of outdoor space. But it sounds like I can just do it by my windowsill. Natalie, I think you and I both have talked about this before is we'll go to the store and we'll buy cilantro or basil or something because we know we'll want it. But then we don't ever use all of it. And it ends up just going in the trash. It just mm-hmm. drives me nuts it feels so wasteful and especially now when I can't even get my hands on it it's like I just wish I had a a plant that was here for the taking whenever I needed it yeah Yeah. I'm ashamed at how many bunches of dill or or basil I've thrown out just because it's gone bad in the fridge and I've Mm -hmm. used it for what I needed it for but then I didn't need the other you know giant heap of it so so yeah this is a good idea. I, I'd consider myself influenced by Instagram and people posting pictures of all their their delicious herbs and plants and veggies. And, and we do have a lot of content around uh, how to grow vegetables in your backyard or in your apartment. Um, if you guys want to check it out, apparently I need to read these pieces too. So um, we'll all be reading together. Go to realtor.com slash news. Um, we'll, we'll garden together. We'll learn this. Yeah. We'll take this journey together. I mean, for a barn dominium to be a thing, well, barn dominium we know is a barn that has been made over to be a big residence. Um, Right? Yeah. Is that how one would describe it, well, Eric? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I I don't want you or any listeners to envision a big red barn like we envision, like you know, from the good old days, the, the <laughs> whatever that is, the eighteen hundreds, the nineteen hundreds. It's not. It's not that. Those were the good Mo- old days. <laughs> yeah, I guess whatever you know. The, the good old days were was last year, I think. I mean, I compared know. to now. Oh my god! Yeah, anything but twenty twenty was the good <laughs> old days. Anything pre twenty twenty, yes. Yeah. Um, so yes, take cast your mind back to the good old days last year. The uh, like when we say barn dominium, and we've, we've done a lot of stories on this uh, kind of structure or building or home, whatever you want to call it. We most famously, not most, probably most famously in the in pop culture, saw this on Fixer Upper with the barn dominium. Yep. A thousand square foot barn to a twenty seven hundred square foot barn dominium. Let's go. Okay. I want to see more. All right, let's come go. on, let's go. Let's come on. After y'all. So it's it's a it's a 
it's a prefab structure that's that's designed to house both people and then also either you know agriculture or a, a separate business or like your if you're into cars maybe you have part of your barn dominion devoted to auto mm-hmm. stuff you know and so to have a barn dominium on your property you need a lot of land because these are big structures because yeah. it's, it's a bi- it's a house plus a workspace yeah and for the longest time we've only seen them mostly you know when we ever we were doing articles on barn dominiums they're always almost always in texas because texas of course like as you said has a lot of land the most recent one that we wrote about this week was a barn dominium in near omaha in nebraska mm-hmm. and this one is we called it kind of like High barn dominium or or oat barn dominium. It's uh, <laughs> oat couture this, barn dominium. <laughs> yeah, this is not uh, this is not just like, like an average steel drab steel structure that was kind of converted into a uh, living quarters. This is uh, elevated. Yeah, the concept. And it's I I just I do want to note that we've also seen you've seen the term barn dominium in like listings now. It's kind of been coined oh, yeah. as this this descriptor yep. and people it, it's it's almost desirable for some people it's just yeah, like definitely. loft or or all these different types of living situations um so this one in nebraska eric it's on the market it's for sale um yes it's 43 a little over 4300 square feet and i'm surprised that it's only two beds with all that square footage but i well. guess it, i guess it makes <laughs> sense though with the the nature of the architecture if you do, though, look at the listing photos, and let me just give the address in case anybody wants to find this home. It's 10211 Shire Point Way in Blair, Nebraska. Uh, it does list as a two-bedroom, but if you look at the listing photos, the downstairs area where there are kind of stalls, what would be considered horse stalls, mm-hmm. have been converted into bedrooms. Oh, okay. But, but, but they can't be considered bedrooms in the true traditional SEO definitional what is a bedroom because right. they don't they don't have closets so they're not listed as bedrooms as you know in in the listing itself interesting okay so this could sleep a good amount of people yes. they just can't classify it as an actual correct bedroom. exactly okay. okay yes and so this place is on this place is on the market for 1.2 million dollars so this is a pricey barn dominium the interior, I guess, is what also makes it. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the interior photos, but yeah, I'm looking at the photos right now. Um, it's quite wild. The inside is very industrial, but like rustic industrial. There's a lot of reclaimed wood. There's exposed brick. Um, lots of like wrought iron. There's you know duct work going. Th- it's like exposed duct work vaulted ceilings um with like beams so the owners are you know a couple that one is in an interior designer and they they both love nature and so they yes they wanted to reuse and use a lot of reclaimed elements in this home and Mm -hmm. uh they succeeded they did a good job and i can definitely see how this would appeal to somebody i don't know if it's gonna appeal to them for 1.2 million dollars however um but uh, do we, I mean, Eric, do you envision this place selling like it's for that, uh, like going for that price <laughs> or like who, who would buy this? Uh, Warren Buffett. <laughs> Warren Buffett. Yeah. Yeah. No, you, no, Mr. Buffett likes to leave it even simpler than this. He has the same house in Omaha that he's had forever. But well, he also had that one with Laguna Beach, but that's a whole different cha-cha. But um <laughs> It's going to be, you have to tick a lot of boxes. It's a really cool looking place, but yeah, 
to tick all those boxes plus have the 1.2 million I think it's going to be a tall order but Mm -hmm. and there's it's on a five acre lot so you have a lot of land to tend to as well right you're going to want it you're you need someone who actually wants to live on a lot of land so yes yes well yeah if you want to keep animals I think the listing agent told us that these folks uh, do keep goats, I believe. Oh, she cute. Told us that. So my question is, we're talking about who would buy this place with the, the means to do so. If you had the means, would you live here? Either of you. And I was like in like my hometown was in Omaha or like, yeah. Yeah. Um, you're not giving up anything to move to Blair, Nebraska. Just I think would you live not necessarily we're not talking about Nebraska, but would you live in a barn dominium and one that's outfitted like this? I would live. I think the structure of a barn dominium is very cool. I think the open floor plan, like that loft look, is very cool. Um, I, I do not like the decor in this place. It is, it's well done and it's cohesive, but it's not my style. Um, yeah. So it, I would not live in this barn dominium, but I would live in a barn dominium if I got to design it. <laughs> I I like this one because I I do like the quirky touches. I know it is a bit overdone. It is very busy in some spots inside, but I like what the owners did with this place. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's you you are correct in that you when you said it's cohesive because it all does kind of flow together mm-hmm. and it does have a certain aesthetic eye. Like you know you can see exactly what they were going for. It's not everybody's style, of course, but I think I would take the plunge on this place. I mean, not I don't know about. 1.2 million but i like this i like this place i like Just what they've done and as soon mm-hmm. as soon as i saw the listing photos i said oh, i know we have to write about this home rachel, rachel what do you think uh i agree with both of you if <laughs> there's a way to do that i i agree that the decor is not really my style it's a little too it's leaning in too much into the farmhouse look um for me um I mean, yes, they've tried to do it in a classy way, but it's still it's still a barn. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do like the open floor plan. Yeah, I think it's kind of a cool idea. I I don't I agree with Natalie. I don't think I would live in this barn dominium, but <laughs> show me another, and we'll discuss. Okay, I, I'll I'll sh- I will show you another. Like we typically say with uh, kind of quirkier properties that we discuss, it would be a cool Airbnb to rent. That yes, I that was my. <laughs> First right. thought, absolutely yeah. would stay in it as an Airbnb. For sure. If, <laughs> if Airbnb still exists. If they survive. Ooh. <laughs> yes. And I've actually spent a week in Omaha before. It's a lovely little town. Wow. So, um, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we have high hopes for this place. Um, yes. Hopefully it sells. If they get their price, I mean, that'll be impressive. I, I would agree. It's very impressive. We have some questions in the in the old mailbox. Um, we're going to do a little mailbox segment uh, with a question from one of our listeners. Rachel, what does that question say? Yeah, this comes from Terry in Roanoke, Virginia. She says, my husband just got laid off and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Money was a little tight before coronavirus, but now we're not sure we'll be able to afford our mortgage on top of our other bills this month. What are our options? Hmm. I can see why Terry um, is thinking like maybe this because there's there's been a lot of news about you know mortgage forbearance and and your lenders giving you a break. So I can mm-hmm. see how people would just think 
Yeah. Oh, oh, the le- all they'll understand if I just skip a payment like everybody knows what's going on right now. Right. And yeah, it, it's a scary time and I I feel I can feel the the angst within her question. I mean, it, it is a scary time and And you you are a homeowner, so you understand that pressure. I do. But what from speaking with mortgage experts we we you know there are like i say you could try and bury your head in the sand and just say i'm not going to pay it and not contact your bank not contact your lender and just ignore the phone calls and and letters you'll inevitably get that is not a good approach what happens if you do that well you're on the road to foreclosure if you contact the bank directly you know as uh care is it carrie that wrote in terry 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 t as in t t as in tom terry as terry wrote in as soon as you're finding out that yes you know your husband has been laid off and you're in a you're in a tough financial situation contact your lender i know mm-hmm. and I, i've read the stories myself about you know, long wait times to get in touch with your lender, but that is your best bet is to contact whoever holds your mortgage, contact them right away and explain the situation. They will then lay out a series of options for you. They might tack on, you know, some months to the end of your mortgage. They may offer you a forbearance option where you would then not pay for a, a certain period of months and then you may have to pay in a larger lump sum at the end of that time period. Mm-hmm. Or there are a number a number of other options depending on you know how good you've been in terms of a, a borrower in your past your credit history your credit score they will lay out a series of options for you but the thing to not do is to just not do anything from the reporting that we've done on the the, the series of mortgage articles that we've written the bank doesn't want your home they i mean they they'd much rather avoid the foreclosure process they don't right. necessarily want to own your home they will take it if you just stop responding and stop paying your mortgage. They will take it, but they don't. That's not their first option. They don't want to do that. They don't want to be a homeowner. And we found that even, like I say, back in the crisis ten years ago or twelve years ago, banks ended up owning a lot of homes, and that's mm-hmm. not their that's not their business. They don't want to be in the business of owning homes. They want to have borrowers that continue to pay them money. Right. So, it's, it can be costly. A foreclosure yeah. costs the bank your lender money. So right. Yeah. They do, the, and it takes time, and it you know it, it it ties up your you know the property for a, a while in you know kind of paperwork and bureaucracy, and they'd rather not go through that. So they want to work with you. So uh, when I hear questions like this, I understand it's a tough time, and uh, you know I've seen horror stories of people saying i didn't understand i don't know what what does forbearance mean do i end up paying a lump sum i wasn't prepared for this but um your best bet always contact your lender immediately yeah and and see what they can offer you and they should be able to break down those terms like what is eric eric did a good job of just explaining it but they can go into detail about what is forbearance what is refinance what are what are all of these things exactly and the other thing to remember too is that even if you waited a month and said you know i'm not going to contact them right away i can't get through to them they it can ding your credit score right away after that first missed payment so you want to Hmm. let them know right away that you're aware that you know you're letting them know, hey, I'm not going to make my 
mortgage payment because otherwise if they don't hear from you even if you just miss that one that puts a that puts a ding on your credit score Hmm. um good luck terry we hope everything works out for you yeah good luck terry um and thank you so much for your question if you have any other questions or if any of you listeners have questions you can write us uh via email podcast at realtor.com Now it's time for winners and losers. This is the segment at the end of the episode when we discuss celebrities and their real estate. Uh, We choose one winner and one loser. Um, Last segment was quite serious. And just taking a look at the photos of our loser's house, um, I'm ready to laugh. Our loser this week is Tommy Lee. He is the uh, drummer of Motley Crue, and he yeah. is our loser because... You think it's that bad? Well... I, it's, it's a little over the... T- okay, we'll, like, we'll, we'll talk about it. Why yeah, is he our loser? Let me, let me enter the price history, and then, then we can you guys can delve into the decor. Okay. Um, so Tommy Lee is our loser this week because this is his third time at trying to sell his home in Calabasas, which is normally a pretty hot market for celebs and nice mansions. People, they don't last on the market for very long, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But mm-hmm. this house in Calabasas is been on the market since 2016, kind of bouncing on and off. He put it on the market in 2016 for $6 million dollars. Wow. Then For this house? Back, this house, $6 million. Jesus. Okay. And then it came back two years ago, 2018, for 4.65. And now it's back again here in 2020. It's just a little bit less than it was two years ago. For, and now it's priced at 459, 4.59 million. And yikes. In any event, he, I mean, he paid 5.85 for the place over a decade ago, back in 2007. So whatever he gets for this place is going to be a loss. Um, In terms of the decor, there's a lot of like Eastern... Zen gardens and bamboo and some like statues. I I would guess that one of your favorite reality TV characters of all time would feel at home in this house. Me or Rachel? Yes, you. (laughs) Spencer Pratt? Who? <laughs> Mystery. Mystery. Oh, my God. From the pickup artist. He would. He's very into, <laughs> like, yeah, Zen vibes. Are you ready to know the five attraction switches that exist in every woman ubiquitously? But wouldn't you agree it's more the furniture than it is the actual bones? House? And, yeah. Yeah. Architecture of the house. Right. Yeah. I mean, I do, I do like that sort of... Um, garden in the middle of the foyer that that it's an atrium yeah the atrium yeah right there in the middle has a koi pond in it it strikes me a little bit as what a rock and roll star thinks a rock and roll star's house (laughs) should look like yeah i agree um especially with the furniture too like there's a lot of red louis the 14th yeah and like velvet and over the top furniture and then there are touches of like buddha and like zen but then the kitchen just looks super like 2002 (laughs) i know (laughs) i don't know if 
Tommy Lee is into word art or if it's his <laughs> wife, who his wife is like a YouTube, or a YouTube person, right? Or was a YouTube person? Shh, I, I, I can't keep up with his relationship history right now. I mean, <laughs> anyway. I, I don't. I, I haven't kept up, I should we'll say. We'll do an I, FAQ I on that later. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he's into word art, but there's a big... He clearly is tickled by it because there's um, eat. The words eat in like light up letters in the in kitchen. The kitchen. Um, yeah. So yeah. we all know that it's the place to eat. Thank you. And then he should have a big sign that says music over the recording studio. Mm-hmm. And does he? No. <laughs> oh, darn. Yeah, there are there are records on the, like gold records on the wall and there are posters and uh the recording studio, I'm sure, you know, I am not a musician or a music producer, but I think this place looks pretty tricked out mm-hmm. yeah. in terms of recording ability. So, if you are in the entertainment business, I'm sure this this would be a a huge get. And that outdoor space I think it's to die for. It's got a beautiful pool with a hot tub overlooking the valley. I mean, it's got right. gorgeous views. Yeah. Yeah, and that, and that kind of dovetails with what the agent told us at least what you know what you're describing in terms of the sp- the spot, the location because he said this was a built and owned by the developer of this particular community in Calabasas hmm. and since this was the developer's personal residence, it was built on one of the best lots mm. or most desirable lots in the in the community. So Yeah, I can tell. I think I think you guys caught on to that. That's a silver lining for for this property but i yeah i have a feeling that yeah a lot of yeah the interior will change with a new buyer and i don't know if the configuration will change but yeah the studio will stay i'm sure but Mm -hmm. i think the rest of it will probably get a drastic makeover from a next buyer yeah okay and let's move on to our winner for the week our winner is the baseball player former baseball player cal ripkin Yes. Let me is it Cal Ripken Jr.? Well, yeah, but his dad's dead now, so. Okay, so we can. Do you stop it. being yes. a junior when your dad dies? <laughs> I don't. You'd have to Google that on. I don't know the answer off the top of my head. All right. Um, well, we know we know who we're talking about when we say Cal Ripken. So yes, tell us about I, I, his house <laughs> and why he's our winner. <laughs> so. Hall of Famer Cal Ripken recently scored a really cool place in Annapolis, Maryland, which is the home of the U.S. Naval Academy. It sits right on the water, obviously, the Naval Academy. Uh, his home he purchased for $3.9 million. It's from 1937. It was designed for a naval officer, I believe, uh, back back in the 30s. And this house is known as Bridgewater. In the listing description, it's called one of Annapolis's finest waterfront estates wow um so we would call this colonial definitely right colonial Mm -hmm. colonial revival but yeah it's uh, in really nice condition even though it's you know nearly 100 years old it's really nice i don't know if you guys have had a chance to look at the listing photos but Mm -hmm. what do you think looking at them right now it's gorgeous it's the the decor i mean there's you know white trim everywhere um, I love the way they staged it. There's some really good wallpaper on the inside. Um, the fireplaces with the mantles are just impeccable. And um, I really, really love it. You know I what it kind of reminds house. me of is what? the house in Wedding Crashers. Yes. Oh, yeah. On the coast. Bit, yeah. 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 Good, 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 good call. Similar yeah. look. 
Totally. And this place, this place can be, it has a little dock out back. And I shouldn't say little, but it, you can boat right up to this home. And it comes with around 200 feet of private shoreline, which isn't beach, but it's, it's kind of like a rock, you know, mm-hmm. pebbly mix. But you can go down to the shoreline and, you know, plant a couple of chairs and just watch the bay just yeah. watch the water goes by i'm I actually had to just google to make sure it's not the wedding crashers house because it reminds <laughs> me so much of that <laughs> and it's not it's not although the wedding crashers house was um filmed at the inn at perry cabin in st michael's maryland so oh, okay not yeah. not too far off um yeah, with the maryland geographically thing. yeah this is in annapolis which i don't think is far from st michael's if mm-hmm. I, i'm trying to remember geography in my head but this house is yeah if, did we say it's five bedrooms five thousand square feet sits on an acre lot yeah I and mean, has that coastal charm we'll call it luxury charm. look yeah that, yeah that east coast um did did we say that did he get a deal on this place would we say or because it looks like it kind of... I'm looking at the pricing. Oh, yeah. So it looks like it was listed um, in 2018 for $4.5 million. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Price changed in twenty early 2019 for $4.15 million. And then Ripken bought it... Uh, for for $3.9 million. For $3.9. So he technically got it less than, than the original yeah. asking. Oh, not technically. He did, honey. He did. That is <laughs> he a did, honey. true fact. Um, so so that's also why he's our winner is because yeah. he was able to save some cash on this deal. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's gorgeous for the type of person who likes a colonial coastal home. So Right. Yeah. And when you buy a house that has a name, you know, uh, it's hard to, you know, it's it's got a name usually for a reason. It's not just like some janky little three bedroom this is like an established well established yeah yes bridgewater yeah bridgewater bridgewater (laughs) so classy just way too classy um for us all right anything else about bridgewater no okay well with that we're gonna close it up that is it for house party thank you so much for tuning in if you want to hear or read see any of the stories that we discussed today go to realtor.com slash news you can also go to your favorite search engine type in realtor.com and the topic and it should show up for you if you like what you heard today please subscribe so you can get episodes delivered straight to your phone if you have some spare time which most of us do in this day and age uh scroll down and give us a five-star rating um if you could write a review that would be even better we would love if you emailed us at podcast at realtor.com. Like we said earlier in the episode, send in your questions and we will try to answer them on air. If you have thoughts about the podcast, we would love to hear those too. And then we would love to hear from you on social media. You can give us a follow on Facebook and Twitter. We're at House Party Pod on both. All right. Thank you again for tuning in and we will catch you later. Bye. Bye. Adios. Adios.